There is zero downside to kindness ever. Welcome to the Self-Kindness with Pete podcast, the podcast where I show you how the practice of inner kindness changes everything. Through the conversations here, I'll teach you how to turn that harsh, critical, and even hurtful inner voice into one that is kind, supportive, and healing. I'm Pete Sibley, the Self-Kindness Coach, and I am so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to another Self-Kindness with Pete. I'm Pete Sibley and I am so grateful that you are here today. How are you doing? What is going through you right now physically? What's going through your mind? Did you extend a little bit of kindness towards yourself today? If you did, I want to just shout out and celebrate with you that that's amazing. That's great. And if you didn't, I want to say, you know, let's go easy on you. We live in a culture that is saturated in teaching unkindness. And that's something that my amazing guest today, Simone Soul, will bring up. So we'll get to that. So what do you need to hear today? What do you need to take away from a conversation around self-kindness? Do you want tips today? Because Simone and I are throwing out some tips today. (laughs) Do you need to hear somebody else's story? Yeah, that's in here too today. Or do you just want to be part of a conversation, part of a conversation that is different As Simone says, it's radical. Self-kindness is radical because it is outside of the norm, and that's what radical is. So welcome to a conversation around self-kindness. And I am so excited to introduce my guest. So my guest today is the Simone Grace Soul She hosts one of my favorite podcasts, which is called The Joyful Marketing Podcast. And you might think, Pete, that sounds like a business podcast. And guess what? It's how Simone does all of what she does, which is she is sneaking in love and sneaking in these beautiful ways of changing the system, changing the culture. And, you know, you can just read her own marketing, which She says that she is a coach that teaches other coaches how to not market like a weirdo so people actually buy from them. And saying that marketing can feel just like hanging out with your favorite people and doing nice things. And that's the magic of what Simone brings to the world. She is a coach. She runs, um, like I said, the podcast. She also runs different groups for coaches. So if you are a coach and you want to learn more about Simone, check out the show notes or she'll give you all that info at the end of our interview. But I want to jump right into the interview. So I'm doing a big, long run-on sentence. And here we go. Here is my conversation with Simone Grace Soul. So Simone Soul, welcome to Self-Kindness with Pete. Uh, I'm swinging my arms around like that's going to make it more exciting with my voice. But Welcome. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Oh my goodness. Well, let's jump right in. I want to know all about what your heart and your mind thinks around and says and believes around this idea, this concept of self-kindness. Like how do you define self-kindness in your life? Oh, I love that you asked what my heart and my mind think about it. Um, and you know, to me, self-kindness is to, is, is the willingness to know myself and the willingness to be in relationship with myself through whatever knowledge reveals itself to me about myself. So that sounds a little convoluted, but I think that it's really easy to be kind to ourselves when we are being, 
you know, praised, when we get the good marks, when we succeed, when, when we are, you know, attractive by societal standards, when we, you know, all these things, when we are being kind, you know, not so easy to be kind to ourselves when, for example, we feel ugly, when we, when we fail, when we act against our own values, when we encounter qualities in ourselves that we try to, you know, not be. So for example, if I'm, if I find something inside me that is greedy, that is selfish, that is self-indulgent, there, that is um, cruel, right? Those are the parts of me where it's not easy to be kind, kind to myself when I meet those parts of me, right? Mm. So I have noticed in my own life that for most of my own life, when I met aspects of me that I didn't like, my immediate default reaction was to kind of like stuff it away or turn away from it, um, pretend it doesn't exist or beat myself up horribly for it, yeah. right? Um, basically be in this fight, be at this war with those parts of myself. And everything changed when I decided that I'm willing to be with those parts of me that I'm not so proud of, that I think are bad and shameful and less than, because it's important to me to know everything about me. It's important to me to know those darker aspects as well, because they're all part of me. And as soon as I turn away, as soon as I go into fight, as soon as I punish it, you know, shove it into a corner, that's me turning away from a part of me. And that causes a kind of fracture that creates a lot of different emotional problems in my life. So at some point I, I decided self-kindness is the willingness to see and witness and be with all of me and to keep staying in that relationship in the way that you might be with a significant other, right? And discover that they have this deep, dark secret, right? From their past lives. And instead of being like, oh, how, how could you? I can't whatever be with you anymore. It's the willingness to be like, oh, even that about you, I can love, mm, you know? Right. Because I want to, I don't want to love this perfect version of you I have in my head. I want to love the actual you. And if that includes a deep, dark secret from your past, let me love that deep, dark, deep, dark secret as well. Cause that's I, part of what made you who you are and kind of like doing that with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, a really totally. long answer. <laughs> totally. I think that's, I mean, I, I explained this in other parts of the podcast, but it, it, it feel like just bringing it up here. Like that's why I, I had to use the word kindness because um, you know, it felt like trying to like whatever love or whatever, like, it seemed like kindness was something that I could handle, like with those dark parts of me, like at least I could be kind, you know, it's right. You know, it's like maybe, you know, I did go to Sunday school growing up and would hear, you know, love, love your enemy. And it's like, how do you do that? But like, hey, maybe, maybe right. I could kind of be like, oh, nice to them, like just because of the fact that they're a human being and, and like, I don't wish harm on somebody but like how do I get all the way to love so same thing inside of me it's like well maybe I could start with at least being kind to the parts of me that I'm that uh, that I'm not proud of or that that I feel like should be better so um, I'm so with yeah, you yeah. I think that willingness that's what it, that's what I was pointing to that you're talking yeah. about yeah I think in our brains it can really you know pull a break um it can be weird to contemplate the idea of loving or extending love to something that's quote unquote bad, right? So, well, we don't want to love murderers and rapists, or I don't want to love the part of me that's, you know, violent or hate, hate, uh, hateful, because if I love that, that means it's like condoning that, right? right? But I think when it comes to, can you bring kindness? I completely agree with, agree with what you said. It's so much more agreeable to me. And I think kindness is really underrated as a way of being, right? Mm. And I think we tend to, it's like, oh, kind, like, what's the point of that? It, it's like, people think it's soft, right? People think it's not that, you know, um, people want to go for like love instead. People want to go for something more, uh, more lofty. But I think, but I love, I value kindness so highly because again, when I drop the pressure to like love and celebrate every part of myself and, and the, just the baseline is okay, but can we be kind? Right. Yeah. 
and that that changed everything for me. Mm. Um, and because I know that everybody in any state deserves kindness, right? There's nobody that I think, um, well, yeah. And because I believe that everybody deserves kindness in, in any state, it's easier to turn that inward and say, I deserve kindness, however I am with whatever aspect of me. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, I love that. I mean, there's so much of what you just said there, Simone. It's like the difference, knowing the difference, I feel like part of my self-kindness journey has begin, begun to like the willingness to unpack at everything and anything. And it's like the unpacking for me is like the thoughts in my, my mind as they have created a narrative about Pete. Am I willing to unpack all of it? And so what that does is that it means a lot of times I'm, I'm like looking at the definitions because, you know, we, we talk about this in the coaching world, but like how the brain loves the ease of not using a lot of energy. So it's going to use like one word and it's going to clump a whole bunch of stuff in that one thing. So it's like love. And now we have this whole experience and, you know, this whole clump of what we see love as. But like even you saying love doesn't mean condoning, like that starts to separate out like love. I can love something and not condone it. Right. And that's two different things. And and I, I get really excited about that because that opens up the possibility of like, well, what can I love? Can I love you know, somebody? Yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting is that you can love someone or something, but without being kind. Tell me about it. I mean, I think haven't we, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. haven't we all been on the receiving end of unkindness from people that love us? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can count five million times my parents were unkind to me. Yeah. <laughs> and they totally love me. And I've been unkind to them, you know, and I'm sure there's been times I've been unkind to my my, my friends and 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 I and I love them. So I just I just noticed that the distinction there and that's yeah, I yeah. thought it was interesting. Yeah. Well, and you, you know, something else you said was sparked that at one point I looked up the definition of kind and I can't totally remember, but I felt like it had its root in, in a word that actually meant noble purpose. And I was like, oh, that was, is really interesting because it feels like that willingness that you're talking about that feels like a noble purpose in a per person's life to get to understand all parts of yourself. But I want to... Sorry, oh, oh, oh. I just wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. I think kindness um, is a form of love. I think it's a form of giving love. You know, I like I like to think of love as an action, as a verb, rather than something that you have or feel. Right. So uh, I like to think of like the greatest love that I can give my husband is not something that I just sit and feel while sitting by myself, even though that's fine too, but it's when I express love, when I do things that are loving for him and with him, right? Mm. And so I think when you extend kindness to somebody, including yourself, I think that is an act of love. You are loving them. It's like a, it's like a way of verbing the love when you mm. are willing to be kind to somebody. So that just popped up, popped up into my mind and I wanted to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, this... This is a question that may be obvious and evident to you, but why is it important to extend kindness to all those parts of Simone? Um, well, because life feels really shit when you don't. <laughs> totally. I love it. <laughs> it Done. just feels so awful when you don't. <laughs> it's not, you don't have to at all. And in fact, most people don't. And I didn't, I didn't for most of my life. Um, and you know, the alternative is, I think the alternative is forever just running from yourself. Right. Mm. So I think so much of what plagues us, you know, all the things that we get kind of addicted to all the compulsions we have, you, somebody plays too much video games, somebody shops too much, somebody drinks too much alcohol, sometimes smokes, somebody smokes too much pot, whatever. Uh, so, somebody um, gossips too much, somebody, whatever our little things are, right? I think we turn to those things and kind of numb ourselves out in order to avoid being with the discomfort of parts of ourselves or thoughts about ourselves that we 
are not willing to be with that we're not willing to be kind towards mm. right so um can you be so for example can you be kind to the version of you who just feels lonely right and if you're unwilling to be kind to that version of you and he says being lonely is bad it means you're less than you have to go fix it like i'm not willing to sit here with you and be kind to you by you i mean myself you know when i'm being lonely then i'm gonna go do all these other things to try to fill the gap to try to not feel lonely right because i can't stand that part of me i can't stand when i feel that way and as a result, I might fill my life with all these different things that that don't that keep me busy and maybe you know drain my bank account, but don't fill me, don't nourish me at the level where it really wants nourishment, right? Which is that part of us always just wants to be met with kindness and witnessing, just like I always. It's easier for me to think about in terms of relational. Um, relationality with with other human beings because I can easily think of a friend who is feeling lonely and I'm, I'm using loneliness as, an, as just an example out of many emotions mm-hmm. I can use but I can imagine myself sitting with a friend who feels lonely and say hey um I I love you even when you're lonely I'm gonna be kind to you yeah let's sit here with your loneliness what's 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 happening here can I take care of you right um and that I can imagine. And then I think about how do, how do I do that to myself? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if someone had, if someone experienced a failure, um, if your thought about yourself is I'm never allowed to fail and failing means I'm bad. Um, can I, can I be with that and say, I don't care how many times you fail. I'm always going to be kind to you. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm never <laughs> actually, I used to, um, use this as an example a lot a couple years back when it was a lot more pertinent um but i used you know as a prime example of somebody who cannot does not have tolerance for failure and how dangerous that is pete and the example that i always went to was like president trump (laughs) because there was somebody who was like in his self-concept he couldn't tolerate losing or failing And so he always had to win and he always had to like succeed. And sometimes through means that were less than honorable. Hmm. Right. So I think that is an example of what could happen when you are not willing to be kind to yourself. Right. Right. Well, that, that gets into something that people push back when they, when I use the term self-kindness, they're, you know, the first reaction is, well, that's, that sounds selfish. Yeah, it's the opposite. I think when you um, when you're unwilling to be kind to yourself, that's when you become. I think that's when you begin to use other people for your own means. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, yes. I love that. Well, that's exactly what you know. People don't know this, but there was a, a coaching call last night where you you talked about that of that idea of like that old spiritual, you know, wisdom that says the that the inside out or the outside in, and yeah. like the external is a reflection of the internal, and yeah. you know, back and forth. So if we're constantly trying to use other people to get that internal. Totally. experience the love approval appreciation whatever that we're looking for yeah 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 okay yeah if you're like if you're like oh i'm nothing without other people loving me and i'm nothing without success and, and i'm not nothing without you know my val- external validation yeah, yeah. yeah then you become kind of like a, a vampire who goes out into the world and tries to suck appreciation and validation out of other people so that you don't have to you know, generate it from within. You don't have, you don't put the, you don't have to be kind. So I don't want to be kind to myself. So you be kind to me. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too hard. Like, I, you know, exact, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I can't be kind to myself when I lose and when I fail and I, and that, that experience sucks. So I'm going to manipulate election results so that I never have to feel the losing and failing. Right. So, so again, this example was a lot more pertinent a couple of years back, but I used to use it a lot just because it was so obvious that 
it was so obvious the dangers that could happen when you are unwilling to be kind to yourself when you fail, when you lose, right? right, right. About how much more of that is necessary. Like I I use that example so much to remind clients, like, but but why? Um, why is it so why aren't you allowing yourself to fail? Why aren't aren't you allowing your allowing yourself to be kind to yourself when you fail? Because look, this is what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. What do people say back to you in those moments? Because, I mean, yeah, um, ex-president Trump is a is a you know a good public example of that. But I believe that you know the self kindness thing. It gets if we're not able to find that and do that in our work, like it plays out, um, you know, in all sorts of ways of like people pleasing of like saying yes, when you really mean no of like, you know, these are like, I feel like real, real people, I'm putting in air quotes, real people issues when they're not doing that inner work. So how do you answer like help clients with or people with that, that conundrum, if you will, that they're not doing that inner work? Yeah, I'll go cite an example sense? that was actually <laughs> yeah. what? Okay. Yeah, 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 Does totally. that make sense? Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll go back to the to the example that came up in our coaching call yesterday. And I'll cite the example because it was specific to a one person, but it's actually so many people's example, right? So um one one client of mine was saying that uh one time um they ran a webinar or a workshop or something and nobody showed up. And that experience was so traumatic that they were afraid to, you know, announce another webinar, another workshop, because what if it happens again? And what if nobody shows up? And what I pointed them to is that uh, the only thing that happened is that zero people showed up to a webinar and they probably had a really mean thought about themselves about it, right? They probably weren't being kind to themselves. They, if I were to guess, it was probably a thought like, oh, you're a failure or nobody wants what you have to offer, or, you know, this is proof that you can't make it or whatever, all the, all the thoughts that we have. And what, if, if you want to go and offer things again, if you want to put stuff out there again, and if you want to learn from this experience, what you want to do is to go back to that instance, go, go back to, in, to the past find that version of you who was sitting there with nobody show, showing up, disappointed, and be offered, be, be willing to offer her kindness, mm-hmm. right? And to say, hey, nobody showed up. I know you're so disappointed, but I'm still going to be kind to you. I'm still going to be have your back. I'm still going still gonna to be on your side. I love that expression, by the way. I use it with myself all the time. Hey, I'm on your side, mm-hmm. right? And, and then... If you have that experience of self of of self kindness in that moment retrospectively, then the quote unquote failure of that moment loses its emotional charge. You're not gonna be you're not gonna think of it like oh that horrible thing that happened. It was just a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And when you try to do something again, you're not gonna be like oh I can't have that ever happen again. It's like well if that does happen again. I'm still going to be kind to me. I'm going to have my own back. I'm going to be on my own side. And then we're going to learn what there is to learn about the experience and try again. Right. And so I do this with myself all the time because I'm human and I have a lot of fears about lots of things. And I keep asking myself, oh, well, this can't ever happen. Like, oh, I don't want to fail like this. You know, I don't want to lose this money or I don't want to blah, blah, blah. And then I always ask myself, if that were ever to happen, Am I willing to be kind to myself about it? Am mm. I willing to be on my own side if that were, were to happen? And <laughs> you, oftentimes I'm like, am I? I don't know. That seems really hard. <laughs> yeah. If, if I burn down all of my most treasured relationships and burn down my business and I'm like, you know, homeless and friendless, am I willing to be, be kind to me? I don't know. I, I have to think about it. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it takes an open mind to be willing to just explore that. And even just to be honest, like, what's wrong with the answer of like, I don't know. Like, I don't know yeah. if I'll be kind. I mean, it's where I am. It's the very yeah. human reality of where I am right now. And uh, 
And but but here's an interesting thing I noticed, Pete, which is as even as I note my internal struggle, right? Of like, oh, I don't know if I can be nice, I can, you know, be kind to myself if I'm XYZ. Um, even as I'm kind of like debating with myself, I noticed that there is there is zero downside to kindness ever. <laughs> right. Like, why are you so afraid to be kind to yourself? Like, what what do you think is gonna happen? Like, what's this, what's so bad about right? And, and 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 every time I think of it, it's like, well, there's really nothing. There's a lot bad that can happen when you're unwilling to be kind, right? That's obvious. Um, when I'm not kind to myself, I beat myself up. I'm critical. I get to, you know, and then that reflects it into the world, into the work that I'm putting out into the world. When I'm not kind to myself, that reflects in the relationships that I, that I uh, cultivate. So that is really obvious. But hmm, what is the downside of if I'm willing to be kind to myself in this instance? It's always like, well, nothing. <laughs> right. Well, do you want to hear what people tell me? What Please. their mind tells them? Yeah. A downside to kindness is um, you won't be motivated to succeed. Yeah. You won't be motivated to move out of the places where you're stuck. A downside to kindness is it's too soft. Um, like you need to like that. That's coming from the people who are kind of in the, you got a cowboy up camp. Um, that makes me really sad. I know, I know. And, you know, uh, presenting as a, a man in our, our world today, like that has been, you know, that's part of my nervous system healing that I continue to do, which is like, Yes, I, I'm a man. And yes, it's okay to use kindness as my motivation. Like, I'm not less of a human being because, you know, cowboy up isn't my chart is my call. And yeah, it does. It makes, it does have sadness around it. it. It saddens me because it just tells me how people assume like the default is motivating people and ourselves through um what's the opposite of kindness uh well it's like beating yourself up into peace yeah. is what uh, basically like abuse yeah, <laughs> like it is it's cruel the, the, and it's abusive yeah. norm is to create motivation through abuse and cruelty and i know that we aren't born thinking that mm. like like my little baby's 100 days old um and he doesn't know that the way to motivate himself is through cruelty and abuse and so how do human beings learn it oh we learn it by seeing it modeled a hundred yes. million times yes. and seeing it be done to us you know and that's what makes me so sad and that's why i'm so grateful for people like you who offer a different message mm -hmm. and when I I think it was also a journey for myself to trust that when you remove cruelty and abuse from the picture I will still have desire and motivation and ambition and again like it was it was a process like at first I didn't trust it because I was also steeped in this cultural messaging but when i got to the other side what i found was that the desire and motivation that i was creating through self abuse and self cruelty were not real they were not sustainable they were not strong they didn't have roots because as soon as you take the threat away then the motivation just evaporates like i'm going to sit here with a stick and beat you up if you don't if you don't achieve this and as soon as that stick is gone, then the motivation is also gone as well. Whoa. Right? Yeah. So that's actually kind of shitty, you know, fuel for motivation, right? Because it just depends that you have to keep yeah. like one upping the cruelty. You have to keep one upping the abuse. Like, okay, here's a bigger stick. Go do more. Here's a bigger stick. Go do more. Right? Well, and that's so precarious. I love that you say that because that's the other thing is like, you know, yeah, we won't be motivated. And what is, is, yeah, like people think like, well, if I'm just kind all day, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to sit around. 
like I'm not going to do anything. And I'm like, that's not what happens. It's like, actually, what I notice is like, you're more free to yeah. take action. Like, you, you, you know, without the fear, like the blocks aren't there. I mean, I'm not saying that, that we're all living a fearless life, but what I'm saying without that fear of getting whacked with the stick. Yeah, I think yeah. if you've been running from the, the stick that's going to whack you, if you've been running all of your life, when you think about removing the stick, of course, you're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm just going to sit down for a minute. Right. Right. Totally. I think when people say, if I if I'm kind to myself, I'm never going to do anything. What they're really again, this makes me so sad. What they're really saying is. If you took away the stick, then I would sit down and rest maybe for the first time in my life. Right. And. I'm always like, because I, I coach on this a lot, right? In my practice, right? You know, my clients will say, well, if I stop being mean to myself, then I'll, I'll never, I'll never market. I'll never make offers. I'll make it. And then what I tell them is maybe you need to experience a, a period. You need to allow yourself to have a period when, when, when you don't do anything, when you're not taking any action, because you have to kind of like, you have to kind of acclimate your brain and nervous system to an environment where there's just no stick, right? And if the, the way you first acclimate is by like sitting down and resting for the first time in your life, then so be it. Rest as much as you need to. And then you're gonna be like, okay, now that there's no stick, why do I wanna do this thing, right? What is the organic motivation inside me that doesn't feel like something coming after me all the time and I have to like keep running. Like what, what does it feel like when it's coming from the inside? And, and that is, it takes actually, I'll say it takes a lot of courage to, to go there, to explore. It takes a lot of courage to remove the stick and, and just see what happens because we're so much more comfortable in the familiar. Um, and so I have so much respect and compassion for, um, everybody who's doing this work, including myself, because <laughs> it's not always easy. I'm applauding you. Yes. I'm going to jump into another question, but if you, as much as you're willing, um, when I interview or have, have a guest on here, it's obvious that the person has done, done their work and ha continues to do their work. Um, what did that, you've talked a little bit about it, but what did that look like kind of in some of the early days for you of of doing this work was there a period of rest like you're talking about where you suddenly realized it was an option to remove the stick in your life or was it did it feel like it was a more gradual one kindness mm -hmm. kind of built on another kindness built on another I mean some people it seems like they have like the complete dark night of the soul and mm. and it's up from there and other people, you know, they just start. You know, I think starting. I've had, I've had sort of like the opposite uh, issue. And by, by that, I mean, is what I mean is I'm, I have an ADHD brain. So all of my life, I resented and rebelled against the stick. I was like, fuck the stick. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I was also judging myself for not being quote unquote, as productive as everybody else. But, um, I, it, for me, it wasn't so much like I won't ever do anything without the stick, but more like, um, it's like, I'm rebelling against the stick. So I'm just not going to ever do anything. Watch me. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a kind of like defiant attitude. Um, because I just, I don't know, like a part of me always just like knew I had this, uh, I have this picture of you. I don't know if it's true, but like a little Simone where you're just sitting there and somebody's like trying to get you to move and you won't move. They're like picking you it's up. It's actually and like, more like, it's actually the opposite. It's more like somebody trying to get me to sit still and do homework and right. me just like running around everywhere crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're like, no. Right. <laughs> and, and so, um, I think at some point, <laughs> At some point, I think I decided to stop. Oh, rather, I think I decided that I had the power and the authority as a grown up and as my own sovereign person to 
like remove all the rules and see what happens, right? Because like, oh, when I was growing up, all the grownups told me that I had to sit still and I had to do this and and I couldn't and I didn't want to and, and I was angry. And so, and so fuck them and fuck the stick and I'm not going to do anything, watch me. And then at some point I was like, okay, if I remove all the internalized shoulds and grownups and, and sticks from my brain, then what do I want to do? How would I want to play? And that was a hard question because because I spent so much time rebelling, I wasn't sure like what was in there when you remove all of that. And right. um, I didn't know if I could trust myself with it. Right. Right. Um, and it was definitely a gradual process. I'm trying to think of if there's like a specific example that yeah. I can remember. Um, well, I love just that because I, that is part of the process that I walk my people through with a, with a self-kindness practice and one of it is you know we literally even as adults like and I'm I have people in their 20s all the way into their 60s like still figuring out like what's my opinion yeah like oh my gosh like didn't even know that was an option to like go in and really ask my what's my opinion and yeah but every time ask what's my opinion Right. And it's like, oh, what's my opinion? Oh, that's my opinion. Am I allowed to just think that? Like, am I allowed to be that? Right. And so, oh, right. So of course, one of the first significant moments that I can remember doing this was being like, I can just decide, like, I can be a life coach. Right. (laughs) Um, And I don't have to take on this person's opinion, that person's opinion. What if I just owned it and just had my own back and you know, just because I I just got so sick of trying to live a life where I was trying to conform to this person's standard, that person's standard. I, I live all of my life trying to conform to other people's standards. And at some point you realize it's impossible because everybody has a different standard for you and you can't be running around like a crazy chicken, you know, trying to make everybody happy. So I was like, what if I make myself happy? And I remember the very first time I thought that I was like, whoa, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh and, my goodness. Uh, and, 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 and deciding, okay, so if I honor what I want and I want to decide that I, I'm going to be a life coach and this person thinks that's stupid and that person looks down on me and that person mocks me, right? Am I okay with it? And then I remember thinking, that sounds horrible. I hate being criticized and misunderstood and mocked. But what I hate even more is this pain in my soul of trying to fit other people's expectations all the time and how dead it made me feel inside. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'll take the lesser of two evils. Like it's, it sucks to be misunderstood. I love to be loved. I love to be understood. I love to be cherished and praised and all these things because I'm human. I love that. But when I don't get it, that's painful. And that pain is nothing compared to the pain of constantly betraying myself. Mm. Right. So that's something that I can remember. And I live into that over and over and over. Right. Like every decision, decision I make as an entrepreneur, it's like, well, what if this person thinks that's stupid? What if that person thinks it's a bad idea? And then I think, what if it's enough that I like, I think it's a good idea. Right. And then again, it's like your kindness question. Yeah. Can I be kind? Yeah. Can I, I'm going to make a decision. Can I be kind to myself if it ends up totally flopping? right? Actually, these are, I get asked lots of questions about my own self-coaching. Like, Simone, how do you self-coach? I get asked so many questions about it. And this, what we're talking about right now, this is the bulk of it. Yeah. This is, I, I have these conversations in my head all day, every day. It's like, can I be kind to myself, kind to myself here? Can I like myself even now in that hypothetical scenario? Can I still have my own back? right? Mm. Um, is, is it true? Can I really just let it be enough that I want this and that I think this and that I decide to be this? I don't need to check in with anybody else's, you know, if they're okay with it. Like I can just claim it. Okay. Whew, deep breath. You know, like this is my, <laughs> yeah. this is my practice all of the time. Well, there's so much, you know, there's so much of the I don't know, the timeless wisdom wrapped up in what you're talking about. Cause it's, you know, 
when you're asking that question and you're taking your deep breath and you're feeling the body, like that's all presence practice. And that's all meditation Mm -hmm. has ever pointed to. It's like, just, you know, get still, pay attention, be here, be now. And, you know, and even in those hypotheticals, like any time that you're doing that and you're, you know, calibrating your nervous system to what is this person going to think? Like, what's my opinion? Am I going to have my back? Even if it fails, like calibrating that nervous system right here, right now into, you know, into with that presence practice and, you know, even with the hypotheticals, like that's all our mind is ever doing all the time anyway. Yeah. Cause I'm sitting talking to, I think my friend Simone on the other side of whatever this silver box is, but really the present moment is as a human being who's swinging his arms around <laughs> and it's all hypothetical. So yeah. do we love it or not? I love we, that. Yeah. Well done, I, I, Master just Simone. A, just because you have a guitar in the background, I just like feel, feel like that's a song. Like, it's all hypothetical. Do you love it or not? Do you love it or not? Yeah. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. Right. I think it's gonna it's gonna happen. Joy, 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 joyful marketing to hear the hypothetical song. The joyful marketing band. Yes. So I think you know you are a living living example but one thing that i ask people when i bring them on here is you know how do you see the your inner kindness work as you know just as part of the larger community i started into my own journey if you will like i i wanted to save the world and i first had this vision of like i'm going to like make this a beautiful world and then how about a little smaller can i do it just around here and then oh yeah in my community and then i had to keep getting smaller and smaller until i was like oh wait i need to like work on what's going on up here mm. so so for for you how do you see a self kindness practice as being of service to the world you know it's so interesting because for me it was almost the opposite like in the sense that I never was like, I'm going to save the world Um, because I was always way too preoccupied with my own drama. (laughs) It's not that I didn't want to save the world. It's like I couldn't even go there in my mind because I was like so busy, you know, dealing with my own crazy. And what I found so interesting is that as so I started with my own work, right? I it it was clear to me that the problem was what was up here. So (laughs) I did my own work. And as I as I was doing my own work and gaining some integrity there, I was able to offer the work to my clients and with the, like the clients that I was directly working with. And as I got good at helping my clients, you know, with whom I was directly working with, with it, I got good at helping the general audience around me with it. Right. So first I had to develop the language for myself and then I had to be, get good at teaching that language to my clients. And then, that, then I got good at teaching that language to someone who might just be reading my stuff from the other side of Instagram or email or whatever. Right. 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 And so as I slowly grew in both my self-kindness skill and my, my, the skill of being able to model and teach it to others, you know, what happened was that like one day I woke up and I was like, oh, lots of people are paying attention to me. And every time I, like, people are like looking at me. (laughs) They're like taking notes, looking at me. This is very strange. Um, And this is very recent for me, Pete. Like I have noticed that um, with the amount of influence that I have, uh, what's the word? Accumulated, created, built up. Um, Every time, I have a breakthrough in self-kindness. So do like thousands of other people mm. because they're looking to me to model it. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I literally had this thought like, oh my God, every time I have a breakthrough in self-kindness, it literally radiates, radiates out to mm. thousands of people. Mm. This is so cool. Um, and it was never my, like, you know, I never, had it as a goal to be like, I want to impact thousands of people. Because again, 
it was like too much drama in my own mind. It was too much to take care of. Um, but I want to encourage who, who are your podcast listeners, Pete? Are they like regular people? They are. They're, they're a blend of regular people. There are some people that are in like, are in like the coaching know-how, but a lot of people are, are coming to me saying, you know, it's almost like, thank you. I didn't even realize that kindness, self-kindness was an option. Totally. So you don't even need to be a coach or a teacher of any kind. I want to say if whatever, whoever you are in the world, whatever role you occupy, the more self-kindness you're, you're capable of, the more you practice it with yourself, it's, you're going to experience the same thing that happened with me. You might not be a coach on Instagram, but guess what? If you have a high level of self-kindness, you're going to automatically model it to your family members. Yeah. You're going to automatically model it to your circle of friends, to your community. And you have no idea where that ripple effect is going to end. Yeah. Right. And um, it always starts with minding your own brain. Right. And minding your own relationship with yourself. And the more the stronger that relationship is, I think you'll be able to help so many people be kinder to themselves without even trying without even being like oh I'm a life coach and I'm gonna help you even if you're like a football coach I don't know (laughs) or a mechanic right like you're gonna be able to radiate that out to so many people so I think this is I almost want to say this is a very it's like sacred work right when you do it with yourself you can help to inject that much more kindness into the world that just ripples out yeah yeah I think you know going to to what you were saying about about your experience in, in the drama and here, it's like, I feel like where I was coming from of wanting to save the world was like, I just felt like if the world got it right, like uh. if those people got it right, <laughs> then my life would be right. like, don't they see, don't they see where they're doing it? You know, it, it yeah. But, but, but you get to, you, as you do this work, you get to be like, like I am that person of influence, right? Like I was waiting for those leaders to get it right. But now that I'm taking this, this work upon myself, I am the leader. Yeah. Right. Like I am the, the, you know, that, that saying be the change you wish to see. Like I, I yeah. get to be that change. Yeah. 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 And that's what is just such a delight about your journey and why I wanted to have you um, come on here and, you know, just so grateful that you would come and share that experience that what it was, what it continues to be like with you. Um, And I think that's such a great takeaway of here's something that sits before me, a decision, whether as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as, you know, whatever label that you're wearing, here's the decision. What will other people think? What's my opinion? And will I have my back if I follow my opinion? Yeah. Or will I have my back if I follow their best advice and it doesn't work out the right way? Right. What would you offer to a person who is just really feeling stuck around the idea of allowing and trusting themselves to exhibit a little bit of kindness towards themselves right now? Um, I would say start by having some grace for the fact that it feels really hard. Forgive yourself for the fact that it feels almost impossible and hard because it's not you. You were born knowing how to do this. It's just that we have been programmed relentlessly. We've been taught, we've been you know modeled ever since we were little to use you know meanness and unkindness, and even cruelty as, as motivation, right? Um, carrots and sticks, right? And so we've, it's, it's in the air we breathe, it's everywhere. And our school system depends on it, even like our work cultures depend on it, or even a lot of family cultures depend on it. And so if you're feeling like, oh, this is so hard, why is it so hard for me to just notice, like, it's supposed to be hard, like you're, the culture is rigged against it, right? So have forgiveness for yourself. And when you pay attention to how much of it is just rampant in culture, I think you'll find it, um, you'll, 
it'll be sort of, you, you can be softer with yourself and say, okay, you know what? I don't have to get it all right, right away. I, I can be very incremental. I can just find like one little thread at a time and um, let that be enough, right? And even one little thread of self-kindness that you find, um, even if you feel like it's not enough or it's not whatever, even if it's like a teensy little bit that you find when you really um, truly take the time to give that to yourself is going to have such ramifications for other people in your life, right? Because self-kindness is radical. Self-kindness is subversive, right? And so when you can start with even a little bit of it, it's a really, really big deal. So that's what I want to offer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Simone, oh my goodness. How can people get more of you out there in, in the world? How can they find you? How can they connect? How can they listen? Yeah, I host a podcast called Joyful Marketing. And uh, if you have any interest in marketing online whatsoever, you should come listen because I teach you how to infuse joy into it. And um, you can also find me on Instagram. I just had to look it up because I literally didn't remember remember what my Instagram handle was. It is simone.grace.soul. <laughs> yes, love it. S- S-I-M-O-N-E dot grace dot S-E-O-L. That's my name. That's your name, Grace. I love that. That's your name, Grace. That is. Thank you, Simone. Lots You're of so love. welcome. So Thank great. you for having me. Yeah, so glad to have you on. And more joyful marketing. Yay. Love it. <laughs> All right, my friends. So that is your task. Simone puts us to the task, which is one of her secret powers, an invitation. So how about for you? How are you making that okay and safe for you to remove that negative motivation? And maybe by removing the stick, allowing yourself a chance to rest, perhaps for the first time. I love you, my friend. I'm so grateful you took the time to be here. Come join us again next week. I have another great guest coming on. Check out the notes in the show notes to find out more about Simone or about working with me and doing this self-kindness work one-on-one, making it a permanent change and a permanent state in your own life. All right. See you next week. Hello, Self-Kindness with Pete listener. Are you ready? If this message resonates with you today, reach out. I know I can help you. We can jump on a call. I'll give you a couple things you can work on right away that you can implement. And if it works, we can keep working together for six months or a year. And I'll walk you step by step through every step of the way. You are so worthy of the kindness that's already in you, the kindness you express to the world. Time to turn that in and start living that beautiful, brilliant life. Go to the show notes, click on the link, and let's start today. I can't wait to talk.